News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers. And the email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also hit me up on the Twitter machine at Pete Callender. Um All right, so the GOP is paralyzed on day one as a right-wing rebellion blocked a McCarthy speakership. Um, I'm sure that they would refer to the to the squad. By the way, this is interesting. I'm sure they would. All right, let me finish that thought. They would. I'm sure the New York Times that I just read to you. I'm sure they would refer to the squad as uh, the left wing rebellion. I'm sure they would call it that. Oh yeah, absolutely, totally. But also, um, how come the squad doesn't revolt like this? Right, the question for progressives. This is right. This is what your squad was supposed to do in the Democrat Party when they were in charge, and and they didn't. They got rolled, right? They caved to Nancy Pelosi's power, right? I mean, there's a little bit of you, a little bit of you, to think, mm, man, I wish, wish some of our people would do that. Anyway. The New York Times uh, cites, I think this is the biggest problem that the anti-McCarthyites have, is that they don't have a viable challenger yet. They don't have somebody that can get anywhere near the votes of uh, Kevin McCarthy. And uh, we'll see how this one shakes out. Right now, Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat, he's at 174, a.k.a. the votainer. He's he's the votainer, the top vote-getter, because I hate that term, so I'm replacing it with votainer. Thank you. Uh, McCarthy at 165. And Byron Donald's now at 20. And they still have, uh, let's see, by my math, I'm going to say 25. That's another 30. Probably like 60 more votes, 50 or 60 votes left, or people to vote. Does Donald's pick up an extra? If if Donald's gets more than 20, because I think that was the last count Yesterday, for let's see, first it was first. First it was I'm trying to I'm losing track of all the people they nominated. The first one was Andy Biggs. Second one I believe was Jim Jordan. I'm drawing a blank on who the third one was, who also didn't win. Um, but if they keep on picking up, if the anti-McCarthyites keep picking up one vote, one vote, two votes, three votes, the message that sends is that McCarthy is losing support. And then you start getting the people in your own camp that start looking at you sideways like this guy can't this guy can't pull it out. He's not going to be able to win. And so I'm going to go ahead and cut a deal while I still can. Interestingly enough yesterday Jim Jordan uh, who was nominated as the speaker of the house against uh, Kevin McCarthy, he actually pleaded with his colleagues to unite behind the California Republican. I find this to be an interesting uh, issue in this as well, is that we're, we're hearing the McCarthy people say, you need to unite, we need to unite. You know, I've tried to work things out with you, the anti-McCarthy, I far-right, ultra-conservative faction, but um, it's not, it hasn't, I can't give any more, so now we need to unite. I've got, you know, 
90 percent of the of the caucus behind me or the conference. The, the Democrats call theirs the caucus. Republicans call theirs the conference. So they got you know, he's at 90 percent support, roughly. So everybody needs to unite behind McCarthy. But one of the things that the anti-McCarthyites wanted was a prohibition against McCarthy running people against them in primaries, <laughs> which whatever you think of that demand, like running somebody against one of your own members in a primary, that that's not really unity, is it? <laughs> it doesn't strike me as <laughs> something that is uh, uh, that a unity party would be all about. All right, so you need 218 votes to become speaker, but the party only has 222 seats. So if they, all it takes is five. All it takes is five Republicans to say no, and they don't have the votes. And Hakeem Jeffries can get every single Democrat vote, but it's not going to be enough. So here's another question. Does does this open a possibility for some, uh, some moderate Republicans to join Jeffries, as I outlined in the last hour, and, and give him the speakership, or does this empower McCarthy to go over to the Democrats and peel some of them away and say, I'll give you committee posts, chairmanships. Uh, I will will have a, like a, a stereo speaker system. We'll get equal numbers of people on committees, stuff like that. Does he start entering into discussions with the Democrats in order to kneecap these anti-McCarthyites in his own party. I mean, I think it's, it depends on how much he wants the power. That's really what this comes down to, right? But nobody else wants the job, apparently, or at least is unwilling to cross McCarthy to get it. Um, all right, let's see here. We've got a uh, third ballot. This is from yesterday evening. New York Times, what was supposed to be a day of jubilation for Republicans instead devolved into a chaotic display of disunity within the party. So Republicans in disarray? Don't call it a civil war. It's, uh, it all but guaranteed that even if McCarthy eked out a victory, an outcome that appeared remote given the stalemate at hand, he would be a diminished speaker beholden to an empowered right flank. I find this to be comical. The New York Times wants me to believe that even if McCarthy wins, he is uh, going to be beholden to a right flank that is now empowered. I would bet any amount of money, which is easy for me to do, not because I have any amount of money, uh, but because uh, it, it's not going to happen, because it can't happen now, uh, because, you know, the path not taken and all, but... I suspect that is how he would have been described if he won with 100% of the GOP uh, representatives on the very first ballot. If he had won with 100%, I have no doubt in my mind that he would still be described as beholden to an empowered right flank because he got their votes. Right? This is how the media does you. This is how they roll. This is who they are. Any success that McCarthy would enjoy would be described the same way as his failure is being described. Centrist Republicans were not as calm as McCarthy as they showed flashes of fury after watching their hard right colleagues tank their leader repeatedly. Right? 
No. Right? You fooled around and found out. This is this is what has happened. This is what we are watching. You have 200 or so uh, Republicans that thought that, hey, look, we got the numbers. You need to go with us. And they thought they could just steamroll these other 20, and, and they could not. And now they're mad. Now they're mad. I've seen people describe the, uh, the anti-McCarthyites as throwing a tantrum. And I think the same could be said for the McCarthyites as well. Both, I think both sides. If I'm, giving, if I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt, which I, you know me, I try to do. Um, I give them the benefit of the doubt and I can see that both sides believe in the thing that they are doing. That that is the best course. And so now we're at a point where you can't proceed. So what now? You guys are supposed to be doing politics. You guys are supposed to be able to negotiate, right? To engage in political discussion and debate, to find areas of agreement and compromise. This is supposed to be the job you wanted, that you successfully won, and now you seem incapable of doing it with people that are very closely aligned to you philosophically, ostensibly so. Representative-elect Mike Lawler of New York said of the rebels, quote, I think they should be embarrassed. I think they look ill-prepared to govern, and they have raised doubts among the American people. Dan Crenshaw from Texas, uh, I think he at one point went on Fox News and called them terrorists. Which they're not. I mean, that's... Are you a leftist? Seriously. Dan Crenshaw, is he a leftist? Because that's kind of how leftists roll, with the ad hominem personal attacks rather than the debate over um, uh, over, over the, the merit. Oh, there's Patrick McHenry. He's on C-SPAN. He's talking to... Oh, he's talking to Donalds. I was trying to lip read, and then I just remembered. I, I don't know how. So that didn't work out very well. All right, Mr. Gates, Matt Gates from Florida... Went so far on Tuesday night as to write the architect of the Capitol. Uh, that's an actual position. He wrote the architect of the Capitol, demanding to know why Mr. McCarthy had been allowed to move into the Speaker's office. Quote, how long will he remain there before he's considered a squatter? <laughs> Look, I, I mean, it's kind of comical, but it's also, I think, pretty fair. No? Why is McCarthy moving into the office if he hasn't won it yet? I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's appropriate. Just everybody freeze where you are. Just stay in your current offices. And we'll find out when the vote comes down. News Talk 1110 and 99.3... WBT. So The Hill is reporting uh, that Kevin McCarthy is working to secure a deal floating a path to victory with fewer than 218 votes that he was working on this last night. But many of his opponents are still digging in their heels. Apparently the. uh, Oh, and by the way, Donald Trump came out again today and said, hey, you guys need to rally around McCarthy. Folks did not, uh, or the uh, the anti-McCarthyites did not. They did not do that. So I don't know. Does this make Trump an endorser of the Uniparty? 
Is he part of the... I get so confused sometimes with the labels. I do see this. The vote today ended moments ago, the first one of the day. Hakeem Jeffries is the votainer at 212. Remember, you need 218 to win. So Jeffries gets all of the Democrats at 212. McCarthy got 201. And Byron Donalds got 20. And there was one vote present. So McCarthy yesterday got 201. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Today got 201. Yesterday in the, the three ballots, except for the last one, he got 203, 203, and then 202. And now he's down to 201. He lost one of the present. He, he lost a vote to present. So that's just somebody who's like, I'm not voting either way, but I'm here. Right? They voted present. So he lost another vote. I mean, he lost another ballot, but he, he lost a vote for him, right? If he keeps losing, as I said earlier, this is going to create a preference cascade against him. Because I suspect that the person voting present, that's a signal that they are looking to now move away from McCarthy. The longer it goes, I think the harder it is for him to stay uh, viable if he keeps losing votes. Everyone expected the anti-McCarthyites to cave. And they very well might. It, It still might happen. I don't know, but there are 20 of them now. They only needed five. They got 20. Over the weekend, according to the New York Times, um, McCarthy made a uh, uh, closing argument. He gathered Republicans for a private morning meeting in the basement of the Capitol to make a final plea for support ahead of the vote. He argued that the lawmakers opposing him were selfishly disrupting what was supposed to be a day of unity for their own personal game. Again, and he said, I earned this job. That's what he said to the group yesterday morning. Over the weekend, he gave a closing argument. He's been trying to make this sale for months, right? But it only enraged his critics, including Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, who emerged from the session fuming. Quote, This meeting wasn't about trying to inform people about what it takes to get to 218 and ask for what you want. This was about a beatdown and a simulated unity in the room that doesn't really exist. For people who consider themselves to be the base of the GOP, they know exactly what this is about. We get, seriously, we get this all the time from leadership. It's time to get it after the primary, right? It's time to put aside our differences, and unify around the candidate who won the primary. We all need to unify around the, 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 the one who got the nomination. Except, of course, if it's someone from the Tea Party or it's someone like Donald Trump, right? Then it's like, eh, well, I don't know, do we want to unify around this guy or not? McCarthy's allies, though, are also furious One incoming committee chairman, Representative Mike Rogers of Alabama, Stan, uh, he is set to lead the Armed Services Committee. He declared during the meeting that those who opposed McCarthy should lose their committee assignments, according to people in the room. Right. That's the threat. Get on board or you're off all the committees. 
Dan Bishop is one of the 20. I guess he's off judiciary because he's been on judiciary. He's been doing good work on judiciary. He's a lawyer. He's a very smart guy. So you're going to you're going to sideline him. Okay. Is that is that a good leadership thing to do? Because I don't think Rogers makes that threat without Kevin McCarthy's blessing. But what do I know? Maybe he did. Maybe he was just, you know, running in his mouth. Over the weekend, in a last-ditch effort to win over critics, McCarthy put forward his most significant offers. He unveiled a package of rules governing how the House operates, including the so-called Holman Rule, which allows lawmakers to use spending bills to defund specific programs and fire federal officials or reduce their pay. That was apparently one of the asks. So they want these lawmakers want to be able to use a spending bill to defund specific programs, cut someone's pay, or fire them out of uh, uh, federal uh, official office. His biggest concession was agreeing to the rule to allow five lawmakers to call a snap vote at any time to oust the speaker. But it's not enough to satisfy the right flank of his party, which wanted any single lawmaker to be able to force such a vote, which was, of course, the status quo ante prior to Nancy Pelosi um, in this last term. By the way, just for historical reference, um, the last time that we saw more than one ballot to confirm a speaker was 100 years ago, 1923. 1923. Um, Oh, that's interesting. So I'm watching Chip Roy in an animated discussion with the guy who nominated McCarthy. I think his name is McCullough from uh, Wisconsin. And they were having a discussion. It was interesting. Um, you watch the floor discussions during the, the interim periods between the votes because that's when all of the horse trading is occurring. Yeah, see, here you go. There, there. There you go, McCarthy's, yep, he's walking in three horses right there. There you go. He's trading it right there to that person. Yep, there you go. I just saw it. All right, so 100 years ago was the last time the House uh, needed more than one ballot. But the longest, 1856, it took two months to get a Speaker of the House. 133 ballots. 133 ballots. McCarthy says he's not giving up. He's not going to cave. He's not. He's going he's gonna to keep doing this until... He's speaker. And I know that's what you have to say. But what if he what if he's true to his word on that and he refuses to to give up and we could go months without a speaker of the house? Now part of this also we should recognize that we're going to lose the ability to do investigations and issue subpoenas, which I think is the I mean to me that's a real problem. Cuz that's what I want to see happen. I'm under no illusion that the Republicans are going to get anything passed either out of the House or definitely through both chambers and then signed by the president, right? So it's not like they're going to be able to enact their uh, legislative priorities. The benefit that they have is that they can block stuff from being passed. Now, I don't know if you don't have a functioning House, if that means nothing gets done at all in D.C., which I'm okay with that too. Um, But the real loss, in my view, is the loss to investigate. And then I have to wonder, I'm not a conspiracy theory kind of guy, but then I have to wonder, are some people doing this in order to block said investigations?
1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. 1110. A couple of emails here to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. This one uh, from Joseph. He says, Pete, if the American people will lose confidence in the government because of the clown show going on, trying to elect a speaker, maybe they should reflect on how the aforementioned clowns got there. We get the government we deserve, and honestly, the clown show in Congress is no more clowny than the clown show I see in real life every day. It's a clown show for a clown country in a clown world. It's a clown show world. Okay. Um, oh, take line one. All right. Hello, line one. is Oh, is this Congressman Dan Bishop? Hello, Pete. How are you, sir? Well, I'm busy. Yes, uh, I am. I imagine working hard. I imagine you are. So, tell me uh, real quickly. I know your time is uh, valuable here, and you're under the gun. But uh, what exactly are you trying to get accomplished? What are your red lines for what you want to see in a speaker, and what's going to get you to vote one way or another? Pete, um, a lot of Americans are aware that we have a problem of sort of a uniparty lock on Washington. The lobbyist fed uh, way in which people monetize uh, legislation that passes on the floor and then they go out and pick who's going to run in a Republican primary and you end up with a Democrat or a squish. There is a Pelosi style deadlock in Washington that both parties participate in. We are pushing to change leadership in the House so that we have a leader who wants to make change for the American people. Who who would that be? There are, this, the surprise to people is, that, and understandably, many congressmen are not, are fairly obscure. There are many possibilities in the House Republican Conference. And, and even, we've always been open, and we've been working intensively for two months to try to figure out what structures we can build and rules changes and personnel movements around the different committees in order to make the House work, notwithstanding that Kevin McCarthy has been part of leadership for 14 years. Um, I heard somebody say, uh, uh, a caller earlier suggested, uh, have you thought about maybe making Donald Trump the Speaker of the House? Well, Nominate him. Uh, President Trump is not interested in it. <laughs> President Trump is encouraging us to vote for Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are, I think that answers that question. Yeah, so are you going to get uh, nominated for this at some point? No, and I, I don't have any interest in it. And one of the things that's very freeing up here, Pete, is if you don't need anything and you don't want anything, then you can try to make change and bring a sense of, you look, I, I think most Americans know that this place is broken. Mm-hmm. And they worry a lot about all the things that are going wrong in the country, and Congress appears to be sitting on its hands. And every time they turn around, you have happened what happened two weeks ago, right? Where you have the big porculous bill, the big $1.7 trillion omnibus that comes out of the Senate, and 18 Senate Republicans vote for it. We must be committed to trying to stop those things happening here. And I am, and I intend to see to it that we land the plane. But I, this, is a, this is an historic struggle for freedom right here. And we're going to win it. What rules do you want to see put in place specifically that will get you there? 
There are a number of them, of them that we have negotiated already. Yeah. So one thing that's important to know, and you probably know this, uh, Pete, I'm a lawyer, but you can't be legalistic about this. No, no rules are going to fix the place if you have folks running it who don't, whose heart is not in it. But we've uh, negotiated rules uh, about how the uh, what we call single subject, so that you can't have huge omnibus bills. They, uh, rules on of germaneness. Amendments can't occur to bills that are not germane to its single subject. Um, there are a number of others, uh, but and I don't have the list in front of me to speak to them all. But, sure. Uh, those are the things we've worked on uh, for a long time. Understand, except for the effort that a small group of us began back in the summer and the fact that the election came out to have a small margin of victory, we would never have been able to persuade leadership to even have a discussion over these rules. But we have accomplished that. Uh, a lot of it, there are still some that haven't been agreed to. Uh, there, And one of them is the question of whether we keep Nancy Pelosi's change to the so-called motion to vacate the chair, which has been in the, which has been since Thomas Jefferson drafted rules of procedure. That has always been present. We want to go back to the rules that before Nancy Pelosi uh, trammeled over them. Mm -hmm. And that's just, if I remember correctly, when Mark Meadows used it to get rid of Boehner, but it Boehner resigned rather than uh, go through a, a vote, which everybody assumed he would lose, right? Because there would be a vote that would be held after. That's correct. It was only the it was only the the, the the jeopardy posed to him by the filing of a motion to vacate the chair, which is the first time it had happened in about a hundred years, that led to uh, that outcome. All right. So the uh, I am aware of the vacate the chair uh, rule. What else is there? Because I think McCarthy said, "Okay, we'll give you five rather than one to get the vacate the chair." Is that a red line for you? It's got to be one versus five. Uh, it is not for me. It is for mo- for many okay. uh, who believe, who say, we're just not going to let it be, a, a, you know, we're not going to be a faint echo of what Nancy Pelosi's doing to pervert rules that have been here forever. Okay. Uh, but the, the other things, for example, one other problem that we have here, unlike people who have ever been in a state legislature and can go put an amendment up on, on the floor, every bill comes to the floor here with... A special rule. In fact, they say the rules committee is, or the speaker's committee, the speaker controls every bill that comes onto the floor, and all the rules that would ordinarily apply never apply. They come on, and they're just, just for an up or down vote. Uh, so how the rules committee operates and the degree to which it's under the control of the speaker is another issue we continue to work on. Do you think there's any chance that that one gets resolved? Um, I, I think there's a chance that everything can be resolved. I think the most important thing is to keep working, uh, and the, and and it takes it takes effort and it takes commitment to see these processes through. There are a lot of people who just say, "Oh, let it go." We've let it go, Pete, to the point that the country is in jeopardy. We can't let it go more. So I'm continuing to work on it. We've been working on it for two months. We will get it resolved. Uh, anything else you want to add before we let you get back and uh, onto the floor? I see the speeches uh, have begun again. Yeah, got to get back. All right, thank you. Good to talk to you. Yes, sir. I appreciate your time, uh, Congressman Dan Bishop. Uh, he is one of the 20 holdouts uh, against uh, Kevin McCarthy. Looks like they are now going up for ballot number two. Ballot number two. And I found out that the one person voting present uh, was... 
Oh, now I've lost her name. She's, uh, I believe she's new. Julia Sartz, I think, is her name. Um, do, 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 do. It's uh, Victoria Sparts. Sorry, Victoria Sparts. She did not vote in the first go-around, according to Jake Sherman, uh, who is with uh, Punchbowl News. That's Washington Post. But um, And then she was being talked to by Patrick McHenry who is described as one of McCarthy's top deputies. So there you go. All right, a reminder, you only have two more days through January 6th. Two more days to go to the Light the Nights Festival. Brought to you in part by Piedmont Natural Gas. Share the warmth. It is at, and it's going to be warm enough, um, it's at uh, Truist Field in Uptown. they got ice skating, they've got snow tubing, like a whole ice skating rink, like a full regulation size hockey rink. That does not mean you get to start decking people, though. I mean, unless you're playing the hockey, then that's okay, I guess. Uh, they've got shopping, they've got uh, the 150-foot snow tubing hill, they've got uh, a holiday market, they got food. They got the Christmas Village. Actually, no, not anymore. That's through December 22nd. Sorry. But you missed it. I don't make the rules. I don't make these rules. Go check out the Light the Nights Festival. And uh, tell them I sent you Truest Field. Okay, this is uh, George. He's up first. Hello, George. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Pete. Hey. I'm here. Yes, I'm sir. Here. Can you hear me all right? I sure can. Can you hear me? Yes, fine. Uh, yeah, I am calling in about this, uh, what's going on. I was so happy to hear Dan Bishop on your program just prior to me here. I'm a tremendous supporter of Dan. I think he is the most excellent political leader that we have. And I'm a Republican. I've been uh, active on the precinct level for 30 years. Uh, and so uh, I last night uh, distributed an email supporting Dan and what he's doing to uh people on the leadership of the Republican Party here in Mecklenburg, and uh, I have great confidence in what he's doing. I want the Republican leadership to be held accountable for weakness and failure in 2022. We don't, nothing changes, nothing changes. I want change, and so I'm 100% behind Dan. So if the Republicans had had more of more of a successful election cycle uh, had they had a red wave, for example, uh, would you take the same position now? Or is this because it's so close and the failures of the Republicans in 2022 that this is th- this is the penalty, essentially? That's too contingent a question for me, Pete. Uh, but uh, probably I, I've been this way since the beginning of the year. Mm. And uh, I have uh, opposed Tillis publicly and... Uh, people like that and that's not made uh, some of the leadership happen yeah here i'm not a leader i'm not a leader of the republican party i'm not speaking this morning so uh but i am active for 30 years right no and that's that is important that is it's always interesting to me when people start throwing around labels like uh you know rhino or the base or grassroots and whatever uh, that people have different ideas about what that means and i saw a debate today actually 
uh, online going back and forth about what is the base and what is not the base and who's a grassroots activist, Republican, that sort of thing. And you would be the base. You are someone who has voted in and gotten involved in precinct level party work. That is as grassroots as it gets. Um, and uh, what well, it is and and like that is that is different than somebody who heard, you know, one candidate speak a year ago or two years or, or one election cycle, whatever. And now they're like, yay, I'm a Republican because I like that candidate. I would submit that person is not necessarily grassroots activist base, at least not yet. I think you got to have a track record. <laughs> you know, I think you got to do it for a while. Thank you. All right. Yeah, well, I, uh, and I'm not afraid to speak up, <laughs> but something, you know, yeah, uh, that's not cannot be popular. I'm not. I don't care about being popular. So that's that's it. I hear you. But, uh, yeah, George, I appreciate have, the call. We have meetings coming up. All right, Republican Party next month and elections oh. and so forth. So be active at trying to. Well, good luck if you're running for anything. I appreciate the call. I thought he meant that he was going to a meeting right there. Thank you, George. Thanks for the call. Um, no, and I think that like that is uh, that's an interesting take. I hadn't heard that that this is like I want to see some penalty paid. I want to see a price paid or there has to be some change based on the results we saw. And like this, this argument has been applied to the, um, uh, to the, the chair race, right. For the RNC with Ronna McDaniel, you know, she's like, Oh, for five now, like, why do you keep putting her back in charge? She keeps losing. So yeah, like just take that, that, philosophy and apply it to what we're seeing at the the speaker of the house race oh is this an update okay i don't know if it's a bit but i love it so much rick welcome to the program hi pete how are you doing man <laughs> i'm okay how are you i'm doing good man i just want to say hi to you man i because you're my good luck charm man when i called you I, I went and hit the lottery i was at the mall i had seen the shooting man you're a good luck charm to me man so i am the reason you got the winning lottery ticket I don't think you're the reason, but you're the first person I talked to oh. who I told. I thought maybe, I thought maybe I might have a claim on some of the money if I got you to say well, I don't yes. Think so, Pete. Sorry about that. Ah. So I think I asked you last time. Um, have you gotten any new relatives uh, that you've discovered? No, no, no. I just got my new my new property. I got ten acres in, in Wyoming, and I'm I'm going to settle down. I'm from Charlotte, born and raised. I used used to listen to the Brow Hoppers on the, on the, on WBT on WBT Radio. I thought you said you were looking in Idaho. No, I know Wyoming. Wyoming, okay. So why Wyoming? Because I just like it out there, man. It's, it's a real nice place. Have you, have you been there before? Yeah, I've been there before on numerous occasions. Oh, okay. So you got ten acres. Is there anything on it now, or are you going to like build something no, from scratch? On it right now, man. I'm just nothing on it right now. I'm back in. I'm back in Charlotte. No, no. Are you going to Are you going to build a house, or is there one there already? I'm build a house on it. And I'm going to. I'm going to pack my stuff, and I'm going to leave. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to go, like, full bunker? Excuse me? Are you going to build, like, a bunker, like, to ride out the zombie apocalypse kind of thing? No, or are you just going to build, like, a big ranch? That, man. No, huh? man, that's, that's far-fetched, man. Just what? I'm not going to do anything like that, man. Okay, so you're just going to build, like, a ranch or a big house or then yeah, just... a ranch house, man, and that's about it. That's it? You won... How much did you win again? Two point five million, and so that's what you bought ten acres, and you're just going to build just like a regular old house. You're not going to do. Are you going to soup up like some cars or something? You got any mad money? I don't 
don't need that stuff, man. I don't need it. Never had it. Home theater? No, never had I can get it. No, just a room with a big screen TV in. Nothing to splurge on. No, why? I'm just curious. Like, usually, you know, you, people got, like, something they always wanted. They would just would go out and buy something. Yeah, I wanted land. Oh, well, there you go. Okay, well, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> fair enough, Rick. Congratulations. I appreciate the call. Thanks for checking in. News is next.